Welcome to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Good afternoon to you. I'm Jason Kong here with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann, head of Charles Ashley Mann Family and Cosmetic Dentistry. Dr. Mann, how are you today? Doing great. The fall weather's upon us and of course the state fair. That's right. It's always a, a fun time of year here in the Triangle. And Dr. Mann, we've got, uh, I think, a great topic lined up for today. And we're going to be talking about anxiety when it comes to visiting the dentist. And Dr. Mann, you've shared some stats with me. And uh, 50% of the population has some form of dental disease in America, and they will not visit the dentist. And of course, many of these people are scared to visit the dentist. So, you know, you've been at this for a long time, 22 years of experience. What what causes dental fear or phobia of going to the dentist? That's a great question, Jason. Uh, I would say the number one uh, cause of fear is, is a traumatic experience that they had at the dentist office when they were either younger or sometime in their life. You know, I used to say it was like young age when they were children, but I've, I've, you know, in talking to patients that are really scared, um, I just talked to one yesterday. I mean, he, he's, his dental phobia started about five or six years ago. And up to that point, he didn't have any, but he had a tooth that, uh, you know, started hurting him. And, uh, when he went in to the dental office, they didn't get him completely numb when they pulled the tooth. So that, that started his, um, anxiety. So you, you really uh, can create anxiety throughout your life from a bad experience. Um, and, uh, you know, th- there's also uh, that, that uh, fear of needles. Uh, people don't come in because they think that uh, it's going to hurt and uh, everybody's going to get a shot. Um, some people have really sensitive teeth uh, when you clean them. So they, you know, avoid coming to, to get their teeth clean because of uh, sensitivity to hot and cold or even to the scraping. Um, some people have dental phobia or uh, claustrophobia is, is what we call it. They don't like people in their face. They get really anxiety when um, when people get in their face. And then some people don't like the, the sound of the drill. Um, There's some people that have that that phobia as well. And so they, you know, just just avoid coming to the dentist. So there's many reasons um, that people uh, avoid coming to the dentist. But I think that the biggest one is people have had a bad experience in the past and they relive that experience in their mind when, as soon as they walk into a dental office. And so that's something that, you know, my job is to overcome those fears and to help uh, get those patients uh, so that they can get treatment in a comfortable environment. We've often talked on this show about why it's so important to visit the dentist regularly and how avoiding the dentist can have some pretty serious detrimental effects on a person's overall health. Um, so, Dr. Mann, how, how do you overcome this? What does your office do to help those who are afraid to go to the dentist? Well, a lot of people that are afraid to the dentist come in because they have pain. And um, I always say that that, that kind of breeds more anxiety in a sense or causes more anxiety because the person's already in pain and they've avoided the dentist because they have fear of pain. So our goal is um, to help uh, those patients uh, relieve that anxiety because anxiety is the biggest uh, driver of why people don't come in. And um, there's many ways to, to relieve that. Um, the most simplest form I would say is nitrous oxide. Um, it's simple because it's a very safe gas that we pr- provide. A lot of people have heard of it as laughing gas and um, we can administer that. And there's different levels of that. And um, it can 
create a, a relaxing type feeling. Um, and the good thing about uh, nitrous oxide is it's easy to administer, but it's also easy to reverse. So, you know, within five minutes of breathing oxygen, um, you're basically that nitrous is out of your system and um, you can drive home. So you can drive to your appointment and you can drive home. Um, it doesn't work on everybody, but the majority of people it does. It does create uh, an anti-anxiety feeling. Uh, so that uh, you're nice and calm. It also creates in some people some form of amnesia, which they don't remember too much. So it makes the um, the appointment go quicker. But uh, that is the the least expensive and and, and the safest. Uh, I wish to say the simplest form, not necessarily the safest, but the simplest um, form of of anti anxiety treatment that we do in our office. The second form is a combination of laughing gas and what we call a sedative oil medication. Um, in, our, in my office, we use um, Halcyon, or some people know it as triazolam, and we give one dose of that uh, one hour prior to their uh, treatment, and then we combine that with the nitrous. It does a very good job of putting the person almost to sleep, and some people really do sleep, but the good thing about that is it, it does create uh, amnesia, which means they don't remember uh, any of the appointment. It makes the appointment go by quicker. Um, and uh, that that's a really simple form. The only problem with that is it, it has to be short appointments because it only usually the medication only usually lasts about an hour to, to two hours, depending on the individual. So um, but the third form that we use, of course, is IV sedation. And I'm uh, certified to do IV sedation in my office and all my offices. So um, it's it's um, it's the most uh, fastest way to get someone uh, sedated and the best way to get them you know, pretty deeply sedated um, so that they're not really knowing what's going on. They're pretty much sleeping the whole time. And uh, that is, um, in my opinion, the safest route, because um, when you have an IV uh, in someone, you can reverse any med medication and you also determine how much is in the bloodstream at any given time. So those are the three most common um, anti-anxiety uh, ways other than coaching that we do a lot of on um, the patient to try to get them to start getting treatment without some of these anti-anxiety methods that we use in our office. And those are great options to have. And if you're someone who deals with anxiety or a fear of visiting the dentist, and maybe you've been putting off visiting the dentist for quite some time, get a hold of Dr. Mann. You've heard about the options that are available to you. We're going to discuss this even more. If you want to schedule an appointment to see Dr. Mann, you can go online to smileman.com. Mann has two ends at the end, smileman.com is the website to go to to book an appointment. You can also find information about the other services that Dr. Mann and his team provide, and you can find the location nearest you. Dr. Mann has three offices, one in Cary, one in Garner, and one in Fuquay, Verena. Go online to smileman.com. Com, or if you prefer to call the office, that phone number is 919-462-9338. 919-462-9338. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic.
Welcome back to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann. Don't forget you can always learn more about him online at smileman.com. Man with two ends at the end, smileman.com. Today we are talking all about sleep breathing disorders and Dr. Mann, you know, I think one of the first things that people think of with sleep breathing disorders is sleep apnea. And then, you know, that's a breathing disorder that you've said is a, a silent killer, similar to periodontal disease. So how do you screen your patients for this in your practice? Well, we, we there's two ways to screen, of course, uh, well, really three ways. Um, first thing we do is we ask uh, four or five questions. And uh, the questions are, you know, do you uh, feel sleepy at night? Um, excuse me, do you feel sleepy during the day? You should feel sleepy at night. Sorry about that. But uh, do you feel sleepy during the day at all? Um, and um, the, the second one we ask is, do you snore loudly? Um, the third is, uh, do you wake up consistently through the night? Um, and fourth, has anyone ever told you you stop breathing while you're sleeping? Those are probably the most common uh, questions that someone should you know, truthfully ask themselves. And if they answer yes to one or more of those, then there's a possibility that they have sleep apnea. Um, the third way, of course, uh, excuse me, the second way, of course, is clinically. We can look in someone's mouth and we do something, um, uh, evaluate their airway. And a lot of people that have sleep apnea, they have an enlarged tongue and or their jaw is recessed back towards, you know, backwards, not forwards, but back. And um, if you have a jaw that's recessed or you have a large tongue, your tongue can actually, um, while you're sleeping, close your airway off. And uh, so when we look, we evaluate that um, clinically and see how large a person's airway is. And we can rate that from one to four. And uh, if you're in the three to four range, which means you're about only only about a third of your airway is showing when we look or if you're a four, none of it's showing when we look, then you have a high probability that you could have some form of sleep apnea. It, and if you answered yes to one or more of those questions and you fall into the three or four category, there's a high probability that you do have um, sleep apnea. The third way that we look, <clears throat> of course, is we uh, take 3D x-rays in our office, um, a panoramic x-ray. And we do that once every three to five years, or if you're a new patient, um, the day that you come in. We have actually, that 3D pan allows us to evaluate the uh, diameter of your airway. And the diameter of your airway um, is very, very important because if you have a diameter that is less than five millimeters, you have about a 90% chance that you have apnea that needs to be treated. So we can actually look at that airway and determine if someone is five millimeters or less. Now, um, is there people that have 10 to 12 millimeter airways that have apnea? Yes, because they have a really large tongue that falls backwards. But we also have people that have smaller tongues um, and they're, they're not obese um, and uh, they have a small airway and a lot of them have apnea. So we have uh, three ways to determine, but the key is, um, you know, learning uh, if that patient by talking to them has any problems sleeping. And that really is a truthful conversation that we have to have with our patients. Now with kids, we on screen a little bit differently. We do um, a program in our office called Healthy Start. And anybody that 
uh, thinks that their kid may have some form of sleep breathing disorder, they can go to thehealthystart.com. And there's about 18 questions that are asked. And um, you rate uh, your child from one to five. And um, you add up that score. And if your score is above a certain number, then there's a great probability that your child has some form of sleep breathing disorders. And sleep breathing disorders are very common. You can have apnea when you're a child. Um, due to an enlarged tonsils, due to the jaw not developing properly. Um, or you can also have sleep breathing disorders from mouth breathing. And so those are the two common things that we screen for using that Healthy Start questionnaire. And just a few of the questions I've mentioned before, does your child um, have any problems with, uh, with going to sleep or waking up throughout the night? Um, if you have a child over the age of two or three that is constantly waking up, during the night and can't sleep by themselves, there's a great chance that they have sleep breathing disorders. Uh, dark circles under the eyes, um, bedwetting, having problems in school, uh, acting out um, you know, belligerently, um, attention deficit disorder. These are just a few of the questions that uh, will be asked by the Healthy Start. And this can be a, a sign that there are sleep breathing disorders problems in children. Dr. Mann, real quick, can you go over why, uh, you know, a sleep breathing disorder would cause a child to act out or uh, have ADHD? You know, I, I think most people would think that, hey, if you're not getting enough sleep, that a child would just be tired throughout the day and that it would have the opposite effect. Well, that's a great question, Jason, because you would think that, that, the, that that's the opposite. But I always tell people to think of it like a toddler. When a toddler gets tired or baby or toddler, they start to cry out. They start to act out. Um, children act a little bit differently than adults. Um, we get tired. And, and in fact, you know, a lot of adults that get tired can act out too. But if you think about ADHD, attention deficit hyperactive disorder, the drug that is given to most kids uh, for ADHD is a stimulant or an upper. Okay. If, if it was the opposite was true, then they would be given a downer because of attention deficit hyperactive disorder. But what they do is they give a stimulant because the child is not getting enough sleep and they can't concentrate. So when they stimulate the brain, it can concentrate. So if you have a child that does have a sleep breathing disorder and they are uh, experiencing these ADHD symptoms, if we can get them to get a better night's sleep and the sleep breathing disorders are, um, you know, uh, uh, basically gone away after we treat them, you'll see that the ADHD symptoms go away and, the, and, and they don't have to be medicated. You know, we, we, as a, uh, um, even as a dentist, sometimes we want to throw medications at problems, but that's just a bandaid. We have to find out why. And, uh, there's a lot of kids out there with ADHD that if you treat the sleep disorder problem, they get a good night's sleep. They won't act out and they won't have that hyperactive and attention deficit that we're seeing. Yeah, it's just fascinating how much sleep impacts our overall life and just the very a various aspects of it. It's it's really fascinating, but it goes to show you just how important it is to get a good night's sleep. If any of these symptoms that we're talking about sound familiar to you, schedule an appointment to see Dr. Mann. Go online to smileman.com. Man has two ends at the end, smileman.com. That's Dr. Mann's website. From there, as I said, you can very easily book an appointment. You can also Find information about his three office locations, one in Garner, one in Cary, and one in Fuquay, Verena. Smileman.com.
Dot-com is the website if you prefer to call. That phone number is 919-462-9338. 919-462-9338. A quick break and back with more. This is Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, track. listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann. If you want to learn more about Dr. Mann or maybe you want to shoot him an email, you can do that by going to smileman.com. Smileman.com. Man, don't forget, has two ends at the end. Smileman.com. We are Wrapping up our conversation today on sleep breathing disorders. And Dr. Mann, we've covered a lot of ground and particularly how you are able to identify these sleep breathing problems. But now let's get into treatment. We've talked about sleep apnea and uh, sleep breathing disorders in children. So let's say we've, we've diagnosed that. What now is the next step? How do we treat this both in children and adults? Well, let's start with children. Um, one of the things that we use in our office is the Healthy Start. Um, approach. And they actually um, start out with a mouthpiece. Um, and, and it can be as early as 18 months um, of age. If you feel like your child is having apnea events or, you know, breathing through their mouth and having a hard time, um, you know, sleeping because of sleep breathing disorders, this mouthpiece is made by age. So there's like four or five different ones, but most uh, people's jaw growth occurs about the same rate and that's how they're able to prefabricate these but they have a lot of things and an orthodontist actually invented it and it's and it's and it's made to not only help with sleep breathing disorders but it's also um made to help correct bad habits and one of those bad habits is of course breathing through the mouth if we can stop mouth breathing um early on and get someone to breathe through their nose a, they're, they're going to um, produce nitric, nitric oxide when you breathe through your nose, which is an anti-inflammatory, keeps the tonsil small. And then it also develops that upper airway um, so that, that the normal um, uh, jaw growth occurs. Because if you're constantly breathing through your mouth, if you, you'll have your lower jaw open. Okay. And what that does is that puts a little pressure on the condyles, which is the, the joint that opens and closes your mouth. But all of our jaw growth occurs from those condyles, the majority of it. And that's what pushes our lower jaw forward. And if you can think as our lower jaw comes forward, okay, it opens up the airway so that we have a bigger um, airway to breathe from because our tongue can go forward. And so it leaves the back of the throat wider and more available for air to go down into your lungs. Well, if we constantly have our mouth open, we're pushing that joint up against basically the um, condyle is pushed up and it actually hurts growth. So we see a lot of mouth breathers become what we call class two or retrognathic, which means that lower jaw is back and not out far enough. Um, but this um, habit corrector will help um, solve that. Another thing that we see is tongue thrusting in kids. Um, tongue thrusting 
we want the the actual tongue to be at the roof of the mouth. And uh, when someone's sleeping, a lot of kids will uh, actually rest it against their front teeth. And if you if you have a child that has what we call an open bite, which means their lower teeth and their front teeth don't meet, but they're open when their teeth when they're fully closed, that's called an open bite. And usually that's an indication of um, tongue thrusting. And we want that to stop early because if we can get that tongue to the roof of the mouth, it will expand the palate, which again, opens up the airway um, later in life so that they don't have these issues. And then of course, there's other things. Um, if, if, if a kid has an, uh, a child has apnea, um, this uh, will actually keep the lower jaw slightly forward to open up that airway um, so that they're um, not going to have these apnea events if they're sleeping with this habit corrector. So that's how we treat um, uh, children with adults. Once they are diagnosed with apnea, which um, there's several ways to do that, we can actually um, work with uh, telemedicine in our office, sleep physicians, and they will actually prescribe a sleep study, which we have in our office. You take the machine home, you wear it for two nights, bring it back, and we send it to the sleep physician. And he diagnoses as if you have sleep apnea. If you're diagnosed with sleep apnea, there's three types of sleep apnea. There's mild, moderate, and severe. If you have mild and moderate, you have several options. Um, from a dental standpoint, you have something called a mandibular advancement device. And it's basically a mouthpiece that you wear that holds your lower jaw slightly forward so that it doesn't retreat backwards at night. And this is usually very effective for people that are diagnosed with obstructive sleep apnea. Obstructive sleep apnea is, is, is when your tongue and soft tissue cause a vacuum and doesn't allow air to get down um, into your lungs. Um, that's very effective. Um, if you're in the severe category, um, you, uh, the gold standard of treatment is to start with a CPAP and try to get used to that. But I will tell you, only about 60, uh, excuse me, about 45, 40% of the people can actually wear a CPAP or wear it on a regular basis. Um, there's a lot of people out there that have been diagnosed and they don't wear their CPAP. Um, if you're one of those, I would highly recommend that if you can't wear a CPAP, you do um, look into getting a mandibular advancement device to treat your sleep apnea. We have had severe obstructive sleep apnea cases, which means they stop breathing over 30 times an hour. We have um, treated those patients with the uh, manner advanced devices and um, got them down to zero events per hour, which means they don't have apnea if they're wearing this appliance. So don't, um, if you've been diagnosed, don't ignore it um, because you can die from sleep apnea. It increases your risk for heart um, conditions, stroke, and increases blood pressure. If there's anybody out there that's having blood pressure problems and medications not taken off, um, uh, taking care of it, get yourself a sleep study. More than likely, apnea is involved. Um, and that's just a few of the things. Um, the quality of life, if you're feeling tired all the time, more than likely, um, it's either a thyroid issue or it's a sleep apnea issue. So you definitely want to evaluate that because that's not normal. We become habituated sometimes to being tired, but we shouldn't feel habituated to being tired. We should look into it because sleep is just important as drinking water and eating. It's the way you restore your body. And if you're not getting quality sleep, then it will affect your overall health. Uh, very well said. And Dr. Mann, we're short on time here, but real quick, is this treatment covered by dental insurance? You know, a lot of dental insurance um, will cover um, 
the children's aspect of healthy start. But what I would tell patients is um, apnea as an adult is a medical condition. We work with um, uh, the patient's medical insurance in our offices to get coverage for actually the tests, the original test to, to diagnose, and then also for the mandibular advancement device. Although it's an um, oil appliance, it falls under your medical insurance, and we work with people's medical insurance to help get that covered. That's good to know. And if you need to schedule an appointment, head over to smileman.com. Don't forget, man has two ends at the end, smileman.com to find more information about Dr. Mann and to book an appointment. He's got three office locations, one in Cary, one in Fuquay, Verena, and one in Garner. Go online to smileman.com or call 919-462-9338. 919-462-9338. Dr. Mann, what do we have on tap for next week? We know the holidays are fast approaching, and uh, during the holidays, a lot of people take pictures. So we're going to talk about uh, veneers, uh, porcelain veneers, and and other simple ways to make your smile look great for the holidays. That's going to be a good one. We hope you'll join us then. On behalf of Dr. Charles Ashley Mann, I'm Jason Kong, thanking you for listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Have a wonderful day.